All right, three, two, one. Bitch slap. I just actually opened a switchblade for my clap. Hey. Oh, <laughs> he's so fucking cool. Mr. Court, Mr. Boz, Mr. Witch, it's showtime. Danger, danger. High voltage. There is no spoon. Yes, there it is. The flying guillotine is an awesome weapon. It's not practical. It's not even aerodynamic. But it's awesome! Easy Rider is cool. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. They have fuel tanks the size of a pea. You'll get three miles out of that. Okay, okay. Could we possibly just talk about the damn movie? Obsessive Cinema Discourse. Hello and welcome to Obsessive Cinema Discourse. I don't know how obsessive we can be when we're constantly screwing up the format, we never hit our release schedule, and it's basically just an excuse for three bromances to hang out and flirt with each other via Skype. And I've been drinking! (laughs) (laughs) Jumping the gun once again overseas, my bromance boss. How's it going, buddy? Hello, sorry. I just thought I'd get it in there, warm people right up. I mean, turn off now, (laughs) if you want. It's up to you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, listen to the show. Don't listen to the show. It's okay. We're doing this literally just as an excuse to all flirt with each other on mic. Basically. No. Bringing into our trifecta from far down under, it's The Witch. How's it going today, bud? I just woke up, so don't fucking listen. I don't care. All right? If you don't, I'm going to go back to bed. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> no, we care about our listeners. We really do. And we we do. greatly appreciate you tuning into us. Yes, it's uh, just that, all three of you. <laughs> it's just that we're having a hard time getting ourselves going to do this show because our schedules are getting more and more crazy and off the wall ridiculous yeah, yeah. I, I do feel like on like a one year anniversary we should let the witch like make us get up at fucking stupid o'clock in the morning and him be really <laughs> awake and slightly drunk and alert and then we sound like shit just to be fair yeah. just just to be fair yeah and my voice is in super kathleen turner overdrive once again because of the sinus infection that i'm fighting off and mm. on this evening just to pull back a curtain we're going to actually do two episodes in one recording and then we're going to release them trying to get a normal schedule going so i will sound like for like two months in a row two months in a row i'm going to sound like schedule. i kathleen turner overdrive of course yeah we couldn't have played we couldn't have tried to play that one out could we he's like man that's the longest fucking cold in history well i'm just trying to tell the people up front because i'm all about full disclosure given all of the lack of transparency going on currently in my country i need to make sure that everyone knows what's going on i'm not going to try and hide anything good man good man yeah now now brexit (laughs) well speaking of brexit we actually have our movie this week or month, or year, or whatever the fuck our schedule is. Who even knows? Do we even know how our actual format goes anymore? I don't uh, think so. There's a thing with stuff and movies. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My selection for this time around is 1963's Black Sabbath, which is a Mario Bava-directed film. The synopsis for this, as IMD says, is Boris Karloff hosts a trio of horror stories concerning a stalked call girl, a patriarch who has become a vampire-like monster, and a nurse who is haunted by her ring's rightful owner. Yeah, that was pretty much a good sum up of how that actually works. Yeah, in, in no apparent the, order. I was going to say that's in the wrong fucking order, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, just fucking. We'll, we'll kind of get into that, but that really depends upon which version. And the version that you guys watched ah. is the AIP version that I ripped off my Blu-ray for you guys to be able to see. Yes. The actual Italian edited version of this has more gore and a little bit more sexy, risque stuff. Oh, but- you're fucking kidding me. I've been yeah, you, you dirty motherfucker. That's it. Uh-huh. I'm out. Fuck you. I'm gone. Bye. But, but. but- 
it actually is also in all Italian, so... Which would have been yeah. better. You don't yes. get to hear Boris Karloff's voice, though. I don't care. You're completely... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, you, do you know how many times in my notes I wrote, where are the fucking boobs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the Italian version would have actually put the boobs back in it or not, but we'll definitely get into that. Let's Let's skip off the hate for just now, and let's focus in on... What we liked about this movie. Damn, I may have showed my hand early. Damn it. (laughs) No. I'll go first. I really enjoyed the disembodied head of Boris Karloff at the very beginning. I think all anthologies should be hosted by a disembodied Boris Karloff head. Mm, Looking vaguely off camera. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying to read what he's supposed to be saying for his host segments. Those were all shot by AIP. They're slightly different than how they appear in the Mario Bava version. Ah. Yeah. I, I, I kept looking over my shoulder to see if there was something that I was missing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at, you prick? What's, what, what's behind me? Stop it. You see, I'm such a fucking heathen. I was like, who's this dude? I don't know who oh he my is. God. <laughs> oh, my God. You did not recognize Boris Karloff? I'm revoking your horror card, sir. Well, no, because like, he's famous for being Frankenstein, isn't he? The monster, yeah. Yeah. So he had fucking makeup on. So why would I know what his normal face looks like? It's the only thing I've ever seen him in, literally. Because I'm a wow. heathen. Because his face has been on, like, fucking nah, well, everything. Yeah. <laughs> old shit. You mean old shit. Hence, I haven't hey, seen hey, it. Hey, just because a movie's old doesn't mean it's shit. <laughs> when yeah. did you start watching horror? Like, yes. 1992? Jesus. Probably. <laughs> Probably about right. It's, it's, everything before now is shit, and I won't watch it. And if it was made before that point, I probably didn't watch it, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, 70s. I, I like the 70s stuff, but I didn't see all of it, obviously. Well, he's been in a few things that were in the 70s as well, but he's pr- pretty much the, the main yes. part of his career and the most famous stuff that he's been in is the older black and white type films, and that's what everybody kind of knows him from. But that's just so shocking to me that you wouldn't recognize Boris yeah. Karloff. Well, I mean, in my defense, he may have been in several things in the 70s that I've seen, but I didn't know who he was then, so I wouldn't have known him. I wouldn't have recognized him later. <laughs> It just amazes me that you don't go back and look, yeah. Yeah, but even just the voice. Yeah, even just to recognize that voice. It's very specific. Well, I mean, I don't want to jump sections, but this movie's a very good reason why I don't go back and look at old stuff. (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. (laughs) I'm being unnecessarily harsh. Carry on, sir. I've hijacked your section. (laughs) Do you guys have anything good about the movie at all, or am I just going to do mine and we're going to call it quits? (laughs) No, I do. Look, I, I, I did. I did love the the Giallo-esque color schemes. I thought they were quite cool. Yeah, he was a front runner of that kind of thing, and he's um, the one that influenced a lot of other Italian filmmakers with crazy off the wall colors. That 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 was kind of cool. Um, let me just go through my notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I personally it. really love the very lush sets and the beautiful cinematography and composition. While the story itself may leave you a little bit lacking, you can't really argue that the backgrounds weren't gorgeous and amazing to look at. Uh, look, the, the set pieces were nice. I had pretty much the same notes. The cinematography, like, at the okay, in this version that we saw, I'm like, okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, who's this guy? What the fuck is he on about? I don't really know. I didn't really pay that much attention to him, and now I'm in trouble because apparently that was Boris Karloff. But then, the, like, the first part started, and I was like, I was a bit distracted. I was sort of watching it and, you know, thinking, is this going to grab me at any point? And I went, oh, that's nice. Oh, I like that set. Oh, I love that shot composition. This is really well done. The cinematography is amazing. And I tell you what, the first section, which is the spooky nurse section, 
uh, in this one um i really fucking enjoyed and it was like pure giallo um and i i, I love suspiria and i'm thinking all i'm thinking in this thing is suspiria and i'm going look at that shot look how that's composed look at the lighting look at the and then you see the dead woman in bed and her face is freaky fucking scary and then i realize i've seen that face and i've seen it upright and moving which was a fucking spoiler so i was a little bit disappointed because at fright fest every year they play arrow trailers and arrow obviously done a remaster of this movie and every time i saw the trailer i was like that's fucking freaky what movie is that from and the guys I was sitting with didn't know. I mean, maybe they need flogging as well. Um, <laughs> but now I know. And I'm like, brilliant. So I'm like, if the rest of the movie's like this, fantastic. And the other two sections, I can't even compliment the cinematography. They did nothing for me. I was so disappointed. If I had done this, I would have done the shitty vampire one first. Then I would have done the, let's face it, the Scream inspiration movie. And then I would have put the nurse one right at the end because that's the only one that's scary and it's beautiful and it leaves you on a high. Unfortunately, it was completely the wrong way around for me. And I've just gone into the negative. Sorry. <laughs> like I said, it's not like we're really sticking to format anymore. We don't even remember what it is half the time. Yeah. The thing with the I actually think the sculpt of the dead woman's hideous visage, whether she's up and mobile or if she's just kind of like lying there and the nurse closes her eyes and then they're open again all of a sudden, mm. that is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And the thing about that story that didn't work for me, and we'll just move on to the hate section because clearly there's not enough fucking love. <laughs> The flies buzzing the haunted lady, every tiny little sound around the home just makes her terrified. And a fly buzzes past her and she acts like the thing is trying to kill her. Like, (laughs) we haven't gotten anything established as to why a fly would terrify her so much. Unless it, like, followed her the whole way from the house and has been bugging her and she can't. Yeah, but it was a giant fly. Sitting on the finger from the ring she stole. That's why she was scared of flies. It was a guilty complex. Right, it was giant. (laughs) Because it sat on the dead woman's finger and then it sat on her finger and it's just like, oh my God. It's just, but yeah, I want to know who was tap dancing in her bathroom. <laughs> I can tell you the, the the person in her bathroom was a demented xylophone player because that did not sound like a dripping tap to me. <laughs> and the person in the other room was a demented bongo player. Why was her fucking bath full, right? If she's got a dripping tap, why is the bath plugged in? <laughs> The fuck, man? Okay, so does the curse actually follow the ring? Whoever steals the ring, the ring is the cursed object now, and it just continues to follow everyone who steals the ring? Or is the curse wanting to steal from a dead body? Because at the very end of it, whenever the lady turns up and the curse takes her over, the lady who finds her takes the ring off of her body, and there's like that tear, and then we see the woman getting terrified and kind of realizing what she's done stealing from the body. So where exactly is the curse going here? Because we're meant to believe that the medium's ghost is horrifying her and terrifying her because it is the woman died while in a trance, and so she's like a bridge to the other side or something along those lines. But then is the ring the embodiment of this this bridge to the other side and whoever's carrying it is now haunted it's kind of strange the way they did that i just think it's the original ring (laughs) yes there have been many times when i thought my ring was haunted (laughs) just turned out you had too many habanero mango wings wings yeah, I was I was wondering that as well. But like the woman at the end where they go, Oh look, it looks as if somebody's removed the ring. There's a mark on the skin here and she's like Don't play poker, woman. Seriously. Never play poker. Because we all know you fucking took it. <laughs> it's dreadful. <laughs> and slightly amusing. Yes. And she she was afflicted by mm. insta sweat. 
uh, as were yes. everybody else in this movie. Oh my god, I'm scared! Insta sweat. There was <laughs> there was somebody on set whose job it was to run around with a squeegee bottle and just go pss, 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 their faces between takes. Definitely. Yes. Yes, and just go. <gasps> How effective is it to actually haunt someone's plumbing when they steal from you after you die? Well, plumbing always gets blamed for hauntings, yeah. doesn't it? So I think it's a fairly good tie-in. It does. Yes. Yeah, like a a pipe rattling in the somewhere in the walls just because of pressure differences or whatever and people automatically think that that's a ghost yeah Mm. kept the warrens in business for years that did (laughs) and then helped them get made really mediocre films that were kind of boring and drab starring uh (laughs) you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong (laughs) well you're wrong about this movie but we'll move on (laughs) all right now behave just behave You're both wrong. Now, shut up. (laughs) Look, I've said it. I love the third of this movie, all right? (laughs) Well, you love the wrong third. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. Okay, so it is an anthology, so we kind of have to go through each individual one. Does anybody else have any other notes pertaining to the haunted ring slash plumbing story? Uh, I have. I got to save him for the uh, for the knock three times at mm, the end. Okay, (laughs) yeah, that's fine. Anything else for love hate from that then? Um, the Pink Panther soundtrack. Oh no, that's the second bit. Sorry, I've jumped ahead. <laughs> All right, cut out. <laughs> yeah, it's mm. kind of jazzy, but that kind of is a time frame as well. You see that a lot popping yeah. up in Jallos and stuff. Whenever it went to the late '60s and early '70s for Italian films, they just really love those sort of off kilter jazzy scores that don't quite fit the stuff you're seeing on screen mm. yeah. but it was it was a very GLI soundtrack so it, it kind of fit and it was supposed to be off it was supposed to be jarring to a certain degree you know you were supposed to be you know off center because she was all scared and shit and i will admit the dubbing is definitely very flat in this film it doesn't quite match up right mm. i think it was done by aip and i don't think that they gave the same kind of care that the italians do when they actually do the english dubs because you can watch other films that were made around this era and the italians dub things into english on their own or they they have people mm. do it for them and it's significantly better than what aip did with this yeah well i mean yes yeah, so like when she first picks up the phone at the beginning she's like gets like her tone is far too angry it's just like it sounds like you're reading a script not having a conversation and i can't stand that so it sort of put me on the back foot a little bit mm. at that point Yes, it was It was very Raymond Burr in Godzilla. <laughs> Just kind of punched in, yeah. And that's yeah. part of that is a lot of the wraparound segments that we were talking about earlier with Karloff, they're unique to the AIP version, and they do make me wish he did more horror hosting, but then I realized that he had that show, The Terror, and I could just go watch that instead, so I don't really need him as much. In the Italian version of this, his little wraparound stuff isn't really there. They just kind of flow from one story into the next, and then he kind of introduces the main part of it, but all of him standing with the suit in the forest i don't remember that being in the italian version at all and that's all kind of the stuff that doesn't quite work because he basically tells you everything that's going to happen right before you watch the segment and i think that's what really undercuts it for you guys and kind of ruins it yeah i would have said (laughs) yeah that thing that you said i agree (laughs) My main note for the very first uh, telephone segment, first note for that is that telephone harassment has been distilled down to just sending dick pics these days. Mm, It's much more efficient. It's much more efficient now. Yeah, you can just get right to the sexual harassment without even doing anything else. Yeah. Not that I'm endorsing that, by the way. Not endorsing. (laughs) If you know some creep is watching you and calling over and over and knows every single thing that you're doing whenever you're changing clothes or what have you, Call the police and a friend and get the fuck out of your home because clearly they're somewhere near there and they know what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. So 
I, I have something to say about that, but I'm going to hold it. <laughs> okay. Boz, any notes on this at all yet? Any notes on the telephone oh, thing? Oh, the telephone thing, yes. Plenty. <laughs> um, uh, uh, firstly, who goes to bed in a wedding dress? <laughs> yes. Well, that was actually that time of that, that time of a nightgown. That actually it, was a thing. Big poofy sleeves were awesome. Yeah. But seriously, could she yeah. have found a slightly bigger nightgown? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, and. And I, I want a towel toga, by the way. Uh, if we could get those, that'd be great. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Where did the strap on the <laughs> towel come from? I was totally confused for a minute. I was like, that's, that's yeah, pretty cool. I want one, though. But of course. I think that's like a form of bathrobe. Mm, a sexy form of bathrobe. Yeah, I approve. Open at right? the side. I, I don't I don't have an issue with this bit at of all. Thigh, bit of side boob, yeah. Keep, keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the minute, like obviously the precursor to scream. Like I said, it's like, oh my god, this is where he got it from. I, I didn't know this. This is this is kind of interesting. But then I'm like, all right, now shut the blinds and the curtains. I get so pissed off watching stuff and people don't shut the fucking blinds. And she goes over and she checks the blinds, and I'm like, okay, but he's probably looking you through the blinds. And then a bit later on, you see his eyes looking through a crack in the blinds. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm maybe slightly obsessing on that point, but there's a reason for that. Well, I think they were driving the point home that he was definitely outside and somehow he was calling mm. her still. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to have to address this. How the fuck is he looking through a window and calling her at the same time? Because he's a time this traveler, duh. The, oh, uh, uh, on the second floor. <laughs> There is a supernatural element to this one that they cut out, as well as in this segment, the telephone, the lady that comes over is more than just a friend. And it's obvious that the girl is a call girl and that they were both working under the same pimp. And they hint. Ah. Yeah, they also hint that the two of them have a lesbian relationship, which is why they're together and they get into bed together. And I didn't wonder that. The whole get me a nightgown bit. It all seemed very suggestive. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Interesting. And again, my, my typed out notes of, and what, no, where are, no. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> and but, but yeah, why, why didn't they, where is the, why, what, no boobs. All right, I'm sorry. It made me angry. Yeah, and then she goes to the kitchen. Even though it's an Italian film, it's still 1963 though, dude. Oh, yeah. Actually, it does look ahead of its time in, in, in terms of style, I think, the whole thing. A lot of Bava's mm. films would be credited with that. They're very far ahead of their times. Mm. Yeah. But she goes to the kitchen drawer wearing black gloves and takes out a knife. And I'm like, this is a giallo. You're fucked. I mean, that was the first thing through my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I saw the black gloves on the dresser as, as that opening shot. I went, uh, killer gloves. Right. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. When she takes that same knife and it's an exposed blade that she just puts into the bed for self-defense under the pillow. But sleeping with an exposed blade in your bed, that's just asking for somehow to bleed to death in your sleep. Yeah. Because all it takes is shoving your arm under the pillow and the next thing you know, you've opened up a vein from elbow to wrist. Yeah. I might do that quite a lot. I'd look like the stigmata the next morning. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. I was like, come on, don't put an exposed <laughs> blade like that. Ta- you tape it under, up to the headboard. That's Everyone knows that. Or at least get one with a sheath or just like wraps some paper around it that you can pull off real quick something to cover up the blade part of it so you don't fuck yourself up in your sleep mm. or worst case scenario stick it between the mattresses and yeah. the box spring or just do what i use and have a extendable baton snuggled down the side of the bed just as lethal depends who's using it though <laughs> <laughs> sure i just sleep naked roll over and show my balls sure <laughs> 
<laughs> what you do in your time, 100% you'll be Look at my balls. That's right. I just expose myself and go, self-defense. Look at my balls. Look at them. So do you guys feel like the telephone woman in this act, she's acting as though she does have some kind of dirty little secret that she's hiding? Like this guy that's supposed to have died. Doesn't it seem like it's her fault? Like she did something and then framed him for it or... I was convinced that was where I was going, actually. Yeah, I was convinced that she'd killed Frank, Mm. whoever the fuck Frank was. Well, Frank died in prison or Frank died or was executed in prison or something along those lines is what they hint at. And I think there's more of it in the Italian version. It's been so long since I watched that version, I just can't recall. But I do know that they make it seem like he was a pimp for them. So Mm. maybe they actually did the killing and then they framed him for it or whatever it was that he went up for. It feels like they set him up. I just couldn't quite figure out what it was that they were trying to do with that yeah I, I i wasn't convinced even by the end of that section and i just found the end a bit oh really oh okay yeah okay everybody's dead thanks i don't know where i thought it was going move on yeah <laughs> i actually wrote frank is dead and everyone is sweaty <laughs> uh, i i have a confession <laughs> okay yes i may have been so done with this movie halfway through that third section that I didn't really note much. <laughs> I was just like, she's pretty. He's a shit actor. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, that's pretty much my notes for the third section. I didn't dig it at all. That's really surprising to me because that's my favorite segment of the whole the whole movie is the third segment with the Wardalak. But again, if I'd seen it 25 years ago, I'd probably have loved it. Um, I just think these things, if you didn't develop a love earlier on and it was formative in your learning about horror and classic cinema and so on, and you try and go back, it's so hard. And it, just, it either grabs you or it doesn't. And unfortunately, it was just wasted on me. I, I don't know. Maybe if, if I was at a film festival and this came on, or if I go to a film festival and it's one of the, you know, the beloved reissues or whatever and they put it on, uh, I would like to see it with a crowd like that and I'll give it my full attention and another shot. And I could potentially change my opinion, but I don't think so. <laughs> so I apologize. There's nothing to apologize about, you British bastard. You don't have to be sorry for every single thing just because of your heritage. Oh. Timo always says, you always know when you meet a British person and go there, hello, I'm British, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. The very first thing is, do not stay with the creepy murder Wardalak family no matter how hot your love interest, their daughter is. Don't do it. But she's smoking. She's like, seriously. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but no no woman is worth your immortal soul. Come on, just don't stay there. Just go. <laughs> the minute they start talking about Well, it depends about- on how much you value your soul. Now, hang on, let, let's just get this clear. <laughs> Look, not not all of us need a soul. <laughs> you can get along fine without it. You just work for the government or possibly in finance. <laughs> well, I mean, I may or may not have a soul, but I still don't think that my immortality or lack thereof is worth the hot blonde lady. Just wouldn't have done it myself. So I guess what we're getting at here is you guys would bang the lady no matter what it did to doom you. I wouldn't. And you guys hated this segment. I didn't. <laughs> Let's be clear. I, I didn't hate it. Or I did not. I didn't have Boz's hate of this movie. It, it was very much. Um, it was very similar to probably the stuff from 20 years earlier. You know, the Universal Monsters, like that particular set piece um, look to it. And, you know, the scary story, which like, some of it I thought was really, really good. Uh, but a lot of it really just fucking annoyed me. Um, apparently, no one knows how to ride a horse. That was all process shot <laughs> stuff, too. I know. It was, but it was just, it was just bad. But it was, it was, 
even for the period, it was badly done on a on a fake horse with a bad background. You know, the stuff in the house and everything else, really cool. Um, you know, Boris being extra creepy and stealing a child, really cool. How about that line that he says when he grabs the kid where he says, can't I fondle my own grandson? That has to be the worst way to ask to hold your own grandkid ever. Yeah, I, I went, oh, now you're just extra creepy. All right, it's just... <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> it is. And, and when he steals him away and he says, I've got the present for you, I'm going, oh, that's awkward. That's <laughs> that's not going to end well. Uh, but, yeah. And some of this, and I think it was overly long, and that's what, what probably killed it for me. Yeah. It felt overly long. Yes. Should your third anthology segment be longer than the other two added together? Because it totally was. Yeah. It was like 45 minutes when the rest of them were like maybe 20 apiece. Yeah, it should have been first. Mm. Absolutely should have been first. That killed the conversation. (laughs) I also think that uh, the way that they are arranged may be a little bit different, and there's longer parts to the other two segments in the Italian version as well. Again, my memory's not that great. It's been a while since I've watched that version. I come to this one because I want to hear Karloff's voice, because I love that voice. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to make a fan cut of it where I put Karloff's voice in, but have the other stuff added in in Italian. Oh my God, there's notes on here that would make you so angry. I'm not reading them out. Well, in the immortal words of the dude, well, that's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Wardalax definitely have weird time restrictions. I think they're actually weirder than Gremlins. What was it, like five days if he doesn't return at the stroke of like 10 p.m. within five days, then he's definitely a Wardalax and they should kill him. And then they completely ignore that rule and let him in the house anyway. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You're bleeding on the rug, dude. Despite the fact that he's got, like, uh, a chest wound. And they go, ah, oh, Doris, that's fine. He's got a stab wound where his heart used to be, that the knife that the guy took out of the body that disappeared. <laughs> yes. And yeah. then a headless body appears that would look completely different than the one that was on the horse. And no one seems to be like, maybe Grandpa's a Wardalac. Mm. And that rug he was bleeding on really tied the room together. Yeah. I, I, I did love the bit where he brings the knife in. He's like, hmm, yeah. oh, gee, I wonder where this came from. <laughs> It's this big outline on the wall. You're like, yes, duh. You didn't need to hold it up like at all. (laughs) Audiences weren't as smart as they are now back then, I guess. I don't know. But why did he have to cut the head off the dude? No one explained why. You know, is that how you kill a a, a Vardalak? Do you cut off their head? It's well established vampire mythology, isn't it, that one? What, severing heads? Yeah. Yeah. And Wardalax, that's part of their thing too, the the heart stabbing. It doesn't have to be necessarily a stake. The knife will do, but Mm. removing the head is how you kill him. I think what ended up happening was he was getting the Wardalac, he stabbed the Wardalac, and then he removed the head, but somehow he got bit or he got turned, and then someone went to stab him but didn't finish the job, and that's when this traveler guy brings his body back to the cottage of his family or something along those lines i'm not 100 percent sure exactly how it works in that but i don't know you guys think that this wardalac segment would actually work as its own full movie if they kind of did it a little bit differently and gave it a little more oomph to it where instead of him finding the body the guy just kind of comes back and something along those lines or do you think it just doesn't hold up on its own and it shouldn't really even be part of this film yeah well, you know what? I, I reckon there's probably any number of hammer horrors that you could go. That's just that story extended, really. <laughs> that's interesting because I have a note. Oh, look, they found a leftover graveyard set from a hammer horror kicking around at Pinewood. 
Yeah, I, part of it for me was uh, I was watching it going, I keep thinking about the haunted house in Disneyland because that's the kind of the, like, the level of effects that they were using. <laughs> the haunted mansion? Yeah, the haunted mansion at Disneyland. That's what it really felt like. I was disappointed because like, this film started so strong for me and then by the end was a shit hammer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Apologize again. Wow, you hate Hammer too. Mm. <laughs> it was even shit for Hammer. Oh, brutal. And I love Hammer. It's like, don't, do not get me wrong. I love Hammer Horror, but it's, it just reminded me of a 40 set piece that had sort of been sort of stretched out. And I, so it could have been 15 minutes shorter. And I think it would have been better. I, I think my problem was there was no, what was at stake? Excuse the pun. Yeah. Um, it, there was no real tension to it. There was no fear to it. There was no. I don't know anything that makes a horror, I suppose, which is what they're trying to do. So it just felt it felt like it didn't tick any of the boxes for me, other than the uh, gorgeous blonde and a slightly low cut top who keeps bending over box. But other than that, and refused to get her boobs yet. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> well, I like the idea of the waterlack, where it's a specific type of vampire that the love for the love that it has for a person gets twisted into a type of hunger. That seems to for me, that makes it a little bit more tragic where the more you love someone, once you become this type of a creature, the more you desire to actually consume them and eat them. Yeah. And that's what brought him back to his family. And I really dug that. That is a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of vampires like books that, you know, talk about, you know, they, they want to eat the, you know, the virgin blood of their, their offspring and all that sort of stuff. And that's what draws them. So, you know, that part of it was really cool, but it just wasn't done well. Sadly, I have to agree. <laughs> All right, I got just a couple more notes. Do you guys have any actual notes or just want to complain more? <laughs> uh, let, let me have a look. Hang on. Spooky Boris is spooky. He's a skeleton we prepared earlier. Um, animals really hate these weird vampires, and clearly I'm not going to see any boobs. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's all my notes. Okay, I've got two more, and then we can move on to the, the things we can't let go. Mine is, the severed head that gets hung on the post looks an awful lot like the old lady medium's ghost face. I think they repurposed it, and it worked <laughs> for me. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay. okay. My last note is, ruined castles are like crack to vampire <laughs> creatures. That's not a good place to go and hide. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I just got intro. Who the fuck was that? I zoned out totally. What was he saying? <laughs> I wasn't going to read it, but I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I didn't know who it was. I'm such a heathen. I'm going to get one day. I'm just going to get lynched walking down the street by an angry podcast mob with like Boris Karloff t-shirts on. Go on, get him! Yeah. Rebel, rebel, rebel. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. They're, they're, they're gonna monster mash on your face. It was a monster mash. Danger, danger. High voltage. All right, my first one. Why do all anthologies have one week segment that drags the rest of the film down? And why is it always different to everybody? Because Boz <laughs> loved the one that I hated <laughs> and hated the one that I loved. That seems to be the case, right? Like, anthologies are always cursed to have one segment that everybody always hates and yeah. it drags yeah. the movie down for them. Yeah, but it's very rare that everyone that watches it agrees on that, though. It's always tends to be different for everybody. That's why I can keep listening to, um, what's that? Zone film that ever Stephen King when everyone bangs on about the Twilight Zone Creep Show Creep Show that's the one not Twilight Zone Creep Show is what I'm thinking and I, I, you can hear different podcasts review that and just love different sections it's it's quite interesting but everybody universally hates the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill yes 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 <laughs> I've yet to hear anybody talk about how they like that one 
everybody seems to hate that. I think that has more to do with Stephen King than anything else. Maybe we'll just do that on Pod of Horrors. <laughs> yeah. We should do it on Pod of Horrors and just say how much we love the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill to troll the world, Boz. Exactly. Just to piss everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> Meteor shit. <laughs> I mean, from the podcast that hated Suspiria, I mean, that you know, there's not much else we could do to upset horror fans, is there? Let's face it. <laughs> To be clear, I was not one of the haters. I was just outnumbered. Yeah. <clears throat> so that begs the question is, do anthologies actually have any seg? Are there any anthologies out there that all of its segments are equally good? Like where everybody loves them equally? Because I don't think I've ever experienced that. No, um, I can honestly say I've not, not experienced it where universally everyone said this anthology is 100% strong. I would say Tales of Halloween is the closest possibly. Or Trick or Treat being the other one. Trick or Treat is probably the one that I would think of too, but there's segments of that one where I get a little bored. Okay. Like for most most of the werewolf (laughs) girls, I'm pretty bored until they actually transform and eat someone. Otherwise, I just want them all to die horribly because they're annoying. Okay. He said woof again. I love it when he says woof. Yep. Yeah, I would fully support that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One of you guys got a question or whatever? Uh, Whoever laid the carpet in story two... Uh, needs a different job because they clearly didn't use a stretcher and it really bugged me. So there's a scene <laughs> where Frank comes in, you see his feet walking across towards the console table and the carpet is so ripply and not... Oh, it's just like... Uh, it looks like this... It looks like a film set and someone's just chucked some a rug on the floor. So, yeah. That was under my what my OCD made me see in this movie. But, yep. yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's some me. serious OCD. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, I had the same thing as, like, how is Frank talking on the phone if he's staring in through the window? Supernatural time travel. All right, that uh, there you go. Th- he had a Nokia sixty-two ten. Yes. Uh, he's got a supernatural payphone. He was tapping into her phone line with one of those like handheld things that the phone repairmen have. <laughs> yeah, ha- having worked with phone repairmen, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, t- <laughs> there's just so much of this. Just two no answers. I'm basically just taking the phone off the hook, right? Like that's what a normal person does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Pick up the phone and go. No one there. Fuck it. Du- double click on the on the little little terminals, yeah, and then just leave it off the hook. It's like she wanted to be taunted. Yeah, it is. I, I did write down in the f- uh, in regards to the first first story, the nurse actually died of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, my notes my notes on that that I skipped over were stop choking yourself, stop choking stop yourself. Yes. <laughs> oh, her performance there is so lackluster. It's like. Are you just thinking about choking yourself or is it that the ghost coming towards you is supposedly using telekinesis to make you choke yourself because you're not selling it either way? I'm just not convinced. Yeah, is she panic and shocked or is she just trying to end it all herself because she's not really selling it? Yeah, I mean, she doesn't look like she's fighting anything off by a hand going to her throat mm-hmm. and away. I mean, if she did DDP yoga, she could do dynamic resistance and it would look really convincing. Wow, that would that was a subtle <laughs> sell. Well done. Weird. I feel like I should do DDP yoga so that I can effectively pretend to choke myself on camera. Well, I mean, it might improve your love life. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> wow, I feel like DDP, DDP yoga could really help me in that really th- important thing that I want to do. If I, which if I could do it, I would never leave the house. You fuckers both know you should have been doing it months ago and you'll 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 thank me one day anyway um so at the beginning bit there's like i have to say look i know i'm obsessing about blinds and window coverings but it's my fucking job all right it's what i know it's what i do if i lived in a flat where there was a fucking flashing neon light constantly flashing in my front window there would be not just a blackout blind but a set of curtains as well so i couldn't see the motherfucker it was driving me crazy by the end yes 
yes. I, I did know that. The other thing I did note is that the props person that was in charge of uh, the fake alcohol needs a good kick in the nuts. That was some of the weakest looking booze I've ever seen. It was like iced tea and water and that was it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was almost like piss yellow. It was it was not good. That might have been the color timing on the film stock too, but I'm not going to try and defend it too much because you're not wrong. It did not look right at all. I, I just have for the, for the last shot of the last segment when they're all looking through the window, it's the family that slays together stays together but none of them can act <laughs> mm. see i write vampires for all my friends isn't putting the moves on a girl when her whole family has just literally died and you're in a ruined castle a bit of a shitty thing to do to somebody hey look when you want to get your end away you get your end away <laughs> yeah i mean he got was coming to it <laughs> <laughs> but the thing i was thinking when the kid comes back and he's like let me in and whatever i'm just like have you have you not seen Salem's Lot? I mean, you could have made that actually scary. Okay, you did it first. Fine. Like, it, you had such an opportunity to freak the fuck out of everybody, and you just made it a bit lame, and that's kind of unforgivable. Wow. Such hate. <laughs> so looking forward to my turn next week. <clears throat> yeah, I've got some words for you, motherfucker. <laughs> my, my final note before we get our vengeance on Boz for his episode. When your whole family is undead monsters and you know it, why stay anywhere to sleep for the night? Why not just keep moving until the dawn? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't even discuss whether the dawn was a problem. All they, all you knew was that they just keep coming. Yeah, because they hungered for her because she was a family member, a loved one, and they couldn't not have her. They were relentless. Yeah, mm. they, they just made it like more creepy. It just reminded me of a line earlier in the film because so there's basically two nods to like horror films I love in the future. So like this film was prophetic. We're back to that again. It's a prophetic film. So we had the screen tie in with a phone call. Yes. What are you wearing? Um and. The line, you'll be dead by dawn, is in there. So I'm like, evil dead. Dead by dawn. 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 See, I feel that this film is definitely an important part of horror history, and it should probably be viewed more academically than trying to watch it with modern eyes, as what Boss has done here. Uh, I wonder what you guys would have thought if I would have laid the Italian version on with you guys, but yeah. I automatically assumed everyone knew who Boris Karloff was and would rather mm. appreciate <laughs> having his voice on screen. That was my mistake, and I'm sorry that that ruined your time with the film, guys. I think I would have appreciated it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, if I'd had both, if I'd had Boris Karloff in, interspersed with the Italian language in the actual segments, I actually would have been happy. Mm, yeah, me too. And if they'd been in a different order as well, maybe my opinion would be completely different. But the pacing in that layout is completely wrong. And I was so I was so happy at that first section. I was because I'm like, even if I don't like the story, the visuals are beautiful. But that went away. Mm. It. it I, like it doesn't look like the same DOP for the other two sections, and you're like, why? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that probably wasn't. Well, maybe, or, or they were just looking for a different feel, and they wanted to like you know delineate between the sections, and that would have been fine if they'd been in a different order. Um, so I, I, I do feel it had a harsh run with me. I think the Italian release is in the order that I read for the description, which is not the version that we saw. So yeah. it's a possibility. I honestly don't know. But either way, people that were listening to this show has just unsubscribed anyway because of the hate for a classic Mario <laughs> Bava film. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So so we're down to two listeners now. Is that right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. We've lost at least a third of our audience. So we're probably down to two. Uh, look. To, look, to be fair, that's probably more to do with our release schedule than anything we say on an episode. <laughs> That's entirely possible. 
Yeah. You know, I'm working out this long term with the pod of horrors and just like how long can I leave it between episodes before I literally have nobody left. <laughs> well, speaking of that, we know what we're going to be doing the next time around if anybody wants to try and find this, because I'll be honest, I have not even fucking heard of this movie that you picked, Boz. Do we want to give people a warning of what it's going to be? Yeah, it's um, I, I always get it. I, I always want to call it the mutants and it isn't. Um, it's uh, the mutations, which is a British film. Which is why I picked it. <laughs> so. From 1974, a 1974 British film, The Mutations, what we're going to yeah. be doing the next time around, if we don't all kill each other when we're off mic from this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so. folks, I'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to this particular episode. And we're going to go ahead and roll the end credits now before I get really angry. <laughs> Sorry. Don't forget, you can find our perfect and pristine Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash obsessive cinema discourse. And if you think we missed something on any episode, yeah, as if, uh, please do email us at ocinemad at gmail.com and bring your own particular OCD into the light. Or was it ocinemad at Maybe it was O Cinemad at. Oh, I know. Maybe it was more like Oc I'm Mad at. Or were we thinking O Sign Madi? Sorry. <laughs>